Are the New Orleans Pelicans becoming a scary team to play a good team now that they're 10th in the West and in the play-in tournament? Let's dive into it all in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Monday, happy Monday, happy playoffs, at least as of right now, to the New Orleans Pelicans, who are 10th in the Western Conference in the play-in tournament. Brandon Ingram does it again. Is this team kind of good? Let's talk about it in today's show. We're also going to dive into Jackson Hayes. He had an incredible weekend, a really good game against the Denver Nuggets as well against the Houston Rockets. How has he grown? How is he working so well right now? We'll break it down then. Plus, Herb Jones closing that Denver game out. That dude was an absolute killer. Let's talk about his improvement as the season has gone on. So thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free and available five days a week wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. No one else like that. No one else with no paywall. Just Pelicans talk five days a week. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So let's lead off with Brandon Ingram and the Pelicans getting into the playing tournament. There's a bit of a theme here, right? They've just won three straight games. It's their second three-game winning streak of the year. They have clawed back from a 1-12 in start to not have a good record, right? But to at least get into 10th in the play-in tournament. That's an incredible turnaround, almost a tale of two seasons from where they've been. They're 21-32 after a 1-12 in start. That's really good. They're half game up on Portland now at 10th in the Western Conference. They are basically 500 when Brandon Ingram plays, and he was incredible basically over the weekend. Points-wise, a little bit quiet against the Denver Nuggets, 23 points, but 12 assists. And then against the Houston Rockets in the second quarter, third quarter of this game, he just straight up took over. The Pelicans were down nine to the Houston Rockets, and then Brandon Ingram went all super villain when they go, fine, I'll do it myself. When like their henchmen and all those other guys aren't pulling their weight and they're just going to like step in like Thanos, basically. That's what Brandon Ingram did in this one. He finished with 33 points on the night, three steals, 12 assists, three of five from deep. 12 of 21 from the field, that's 57%. He just took this game over, and while the Pelicans were down 9, they went on a 13-0 run against the Houston Rockets that basically swung the momentum in this entire game. It was over then. And then down the stretch, when he wasn't playmaking, big daggers, big go-to buckets when he knew they needed to score. Get him into that mid-range game, and he's going to cook against absolutely anyone. He was on one in this game against the Houston Rockets. He has been incredible this year. Yes, some of the counting statistics are low, right? Lower. His shooting percentages have dipped a little bit. His scoring because of that has dipped a little bit. But you've seen a significant growth in his playmaking. And again, back-to-back games with double-digit assists. We've been talking about how the Pelicans need to find a point guard. 
They need more consistent guard play. They need someone that can create for others. You also do have a guy on the team that is really good at doing it. Sometimes defense is key in on him. He's not able to do it as well. Sometimes he's banged up, and clearly this is a guy that needs to be healthy to play at his best, as everyone does. But when he's on, dude is on. You know, I don't know if he's going to get into the All-Star game. We talked about it on Friday. He's going to be one of the last guys in or out, depending. This game, if Adam Silver watched, should open his eyeballs up big time because this was a statement game from Brandon Ingram. Those 12 assists... For guys that don't shoot well, right? And a bunch of other really great passes and hockey assists he had in this game too. The playmaking and the way he's grown is just phenomenal. And you see this from him almost every year. He gets a little bit better, right? This is a guy who is in love with his craft. His craft being basketball and what he does. He wants to improve. He wants to play better and he devotes himself to it. This isn't a guy that is just content with being a one-time all-star and being able to score 24 points per game. Okay, how can he grow? And he works on that. We've seen him play more downhill this year and now we're seeing really the evolution of his game to be more creative and, and playmaking. And when you watch him play, he looks and feels so in command of everything that's going out there on the court. He's calm. The moment doesn't seem too big to him. That's a bad cliche to use, but you get what I mean. He doesn't feel overwhelmed. He knows what to do. He goes out and he does it. And I also think that's a testament to Willie Green, really getting through and working well and having trust. Trust is such an important thing in a team dynamic. Trust in Brandon Ingram. And then that trust that he has in Brandon Ingram really tends to you know, rub off on his teammates. He trusts those guys. Look at the love he has for Jose Alvarado and some of his other teammates. He trusts them in these big moments, on the biggest stages, in key moments of games. Yeah, that's the makings of something that's just, I don't know if it's culture, chemistry, whatever word you want to use with it, but Brandon Ingram has grown and he's elevating his teammates because of that and then he trusts them. That's so many things working well in like a circle, right? That's all a really important thing. They're all feeding off of each other. And that's one of the big reasons, maybe the biggest, as to why the Pelicans are now in the play-in tournament, in playoff contention. So to be honest, I don't know if they're going to get above 10. I got asked this of like, who are they going to leapfrog, right? I don't know if they're going to jump any of the teams ahead of them in 9, 8, or 7. And 6 feels like it's far off. They're eight games back of the sixth seed. That's a lot. They're seven games back of the seventh seed. You know, with the majority of your season done, you've played 53 games. You have about 30 games left to go, 29 games. I don't know if that is exactly possible. Maybe, but that's a lot of ground to make up. And don't forget, this team was down to the Houston Rockets by nine. If B.I. doesn't just decide to turn it on, this team loses this game. I'm not ready to say that they're an amazing team. But they're definitely a 10th seed, maybe a little bit better than that. But 10th, just due to where they are in the standings and with the number of games left to play, even if maybe they're better than those teams or improving than the teams ahead of them, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Timberwolves, time just may be running out and that could be a bit of a problem. So I see the ceiling right now being 10, maybe, maybe nine. Beyond that, things got to break their way 
and it could. So we'll see. But this is where they are. And look, all things considered, a 1 in 12 start to be where they are here. Started at the bottom, now we're here. That is absolutely incredible and really a testament to kind of everyone involved with this team, with this organization. So coming up, let's talk about Jackson Hayes. A dude is balling out right now. Let's break it down. So we'll talk about why his game has been elevated the past couple of weeks or so from what we've seen from him. Coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. It's that time of year where maybe you've given up on your New Year's resolutions. But this year, you can make it easier to stick to all of those with Built Bar, especially your resolution about eating right. And it almost feels like it's not really a resolution because you're going to love these things so much, and I enjoy eating one of these things every single day. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a protein bar. And you've got to give some of the delicious flavors a try. They have nine flavors. You can get a mixed box that's going to give you two of each of the nine flavors for you to discover your favorites. I love the cookies and cream. I absolutely love the mint brownie, which basically just tastes like mint chocolate chip ice cream, except in healthy protein bar form. But they have puffs. These bars are light. They're airy. And they're some of Built Bar's best tasting protein bars. They're also the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. You can get them in the cinnamony churro bar, the coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They're all so good. These are going to be your new favorite. And all built bars are covered in 100% real chocolate to help you when you have those sugar cravings. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better. And a typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. But if you look at the macros on built.com, you're going to be blown away. 130 calories, four grams sugar, four grams net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Mint brownie. I love that one. That one is my favorite. New for this month, they have white chocolate cookies and cream. They're delicious. They have new flavors all the time. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off over at built.com. All right, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. Now, the NBA trade deadlines this Thursday, February 10th at 2 p.m. Central, and the Locked On NBA podcast is going to be covering it live from 2 to 4 p.m. Sorry, 1 to 3 p.m. Central. Join Kim Becker, John Corrales, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to get analysis of every blockbuster move. Subscribe to Locked On NBA YouTube and turn your notifications on so you know when they go live. All right. Pelicans in the 10th spot in the play-in tournament. It's fun. We're happy. Everything's good, right? It, and it kind of is. This team's rolling a little bit. And I said in the in the cold open of the show, is this a good team? When Brandon Ingram's playing like that, yeah, they're a good team. And very few can actually beat them. And they'll be able to beat at least half the teams in the league. That's the makings of a good team, I think. But they're also getting other contributions that have been really important. And one of those is Jackson Hayes, who has been absolutely incredible over the past five games or so. Against the Denver Nuggets, he was absolutely awesome. Again, starting at the four, and we've seen this a couple of times now, particularly against the Cleveland Cavaliers, but also against the Detroit Pistons. And now we've seen it against the Denver Nuggets. Starting him at the four, this dude was perfect, like literally perfect. 9 of 9 from the field, 4 of 4 from the free throw line, 11 rebounds, including 8 defensive, 1 assist, 1 steal, 1 block, 22 points. 1 turnover and just 3 fouls. 
That's an incredible, incredible stat line. Now, the question has been, can they use him at the four very often? And, you know, it's a bit of an issue because the second Josh Hart came back, the game last night against the Houston Rockets, they had to move Jackson Hayes to the bench because you put Josh Hart back into the starting lineup, which means you moved, you know, Brandon Ingram to that kind of power forward spot, Herb Jones at the three and started Valanciunas. And so Jackson Hayes needed to come off the bench. And then immediately Herb Jones got into foul trouble and they brought Jackson Hayes back in. And he just drops a cool eight of 10 shooting, including making a three, four of six from the line, seven rebounds and 21 points. One of those rebounds was just an incredible defensive board in the fourth quarter where he then goes coast to coast, gets the layup, gets fouled and goes to the free throw line. It was an incredible sequence of him just doing everything himself. So it might be tough for them to find ways to play him at the four with Valanciunas. But if there's foul trouble, you know that's in your back pocket a little bit, I think. And that can be a good thing. So one of the challenges for the Pelicans is going to be to find ways to use him at the four. But here's the thing in this game. When we saw some of that great play, that defensive rebound, the coast-to-coast play in that score, he was playing the five. That wasn't him and Valanciunas out there. So his play, his really, really good play, is not just relegated to him playing the four. It's actually him being able to step in and play just better basketball. And that, I think, is a really important thing to look at and see with him, the growth that he is playing with. And it's on the Pelicans and how they're using him, too. So the reason him playing the four works, and this was a guy who went three straight games without missing anything that wasn't a three, which is incredible, right? It allows him to be a little bit more instinctual and kind of work better off the ball. When he's playing the five or starting at the five, right, and you're running actions with him, you know, you're using him in the pick and roll, and it's easier to defend him, and the Pelicans don't really have anyone that's particularly great at running that. So you get him the ball, and maybe it's a bad entry pass, and it leads to him kind of turning it over and just not being effective in that manner. He doesn't have the strongest, you know, back-to-the-basket kind of traditional post style of play. So when you're playing him at the five and he's got to be down low in the dunker spot or trying to face guys, you know, play back to the basket, it doesn't really quite work. But when you put him at the four, you're not running him in pick and roll actions. He can stand on the perimeter and wait for some space and just cut hard to the basket, get the ball. And at that point, when he's got a full head of steam, we've seen what he can do going back to his first summer league game. That dude flies. And you're seeing him try and dunk on everybody. So... Letting him be a little bit freer, working more off the ball is kind of how you do it. And so when they ran him at the five, they were putting him on the weak side, their center, and giving him, putting him out to the perimeter and then running some creative actions to try and get him moving to be able to get him the ball on cuts. And then you're also empowering him when he gets a defensive rebound to push in transition. It's not slow, grab the board, stop, look for a guard, get the ball to them, and then run your offense. Play in transition. This team hasn't been great at that this year. They haven't had a ton of opportunities to do it. So empowering Jackson Hayes to go, okay, we trust your handle. We know you can score. Get that defensive board and then book it, and you saw it in this game. Yeah, that is going to open things up for him a little bit more. You're getting him higher quality looks that he can convert. And then when you're using him off ball, he's allowed to somewhat crash the offensive glass or at least be an option, right? You're seeing a lot of lobs to him right now, not because he's standing in the dunker spot, 
But because he's cutting in and kind of delaying it a little bit so that when a guy gets to the basket, teams aren't ready for him. They didn't expect him there. So all of a sudden the ball goes up and these guys are, what's, what's going on? At that point, you're toast. Jackson Hayes is going to get it and he's going to throw it down on you. And that's some of the biggest reasons why he's playing better. It's on him for being out there on the court and making the most of these opportunities, but also credit to the Pelican staff and Willie Green for really figuring out the best way to utilize him. And again, it's not just him at the four and saying it's that. It's him and the coaching staff because he did a lot of this at the five in last night's game. That makes you believe that this isn't a situational thing. Now, do they need to try and put him out there alongside Valanciunas a little bit more? You know, yes. I don't know if you're going to be able to play this style with him all the time with him at the five, but I'm mildly intrigued of what him playing this way at the five could be with a guy like Zion Williamson because it's definitely there. And also a lot of the stuff they're doing with him would work well with Zion and has worked well with Zion when you kind of get him the ball in space and things like that. He's playing incredible. You know, I, I, he's not untouchable or anything like that approaching the trade deadline on Thursday. But if I'm the Pelicans and someone's like, we want him, I'm going to be like, you know, Nikhil, that dude's amazing. He's really good. You should want him over Jackson Hayes. And I wouldn't be, you know, looking to just like be like, sure, take Jax. You, you guys get what I'm saying. I'd try and put something else in there than him. But it doesn't mean I wouldn't trade him away. All right, coming up, Herb Jones. That dude in the Denver game. Whew. Was it impressive the way he closed that one out? Let's talk about it coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. But before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. We've got the big game this weekend. You're going to get in on all of those prompts. You're going to want to make this way more interesting, and Bet Online remains the best spot for it all and also the best spot for all of your sports scores podcasts and news this season and it's not just football but online is up to the minute info on pro and college hoops nhl boxing ufc along with live real-time updates of current games you can get in on in-game betting brandon ingram starts cooking you realize that dude's gonna go off go get an updated points for him in there and bet it and realize he's gonna go the over or just be smart and take the over on points when he's cooking like that or assist too they have that there as well so don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season betonline.net bet online where the game starts all right thank you for making locked on pelicans your first listen every day we're free and available wherever you get your podcast and on youtube five days a week no paywall breaking everything down the big wins getting into the playing tournament trade stuff which we'll get back to tomorrow and the great play of all your favorite guys on this team and they're fun to watch right now and i think they might be kind of good now for your second listen go check out the locked on saints podcast host ross jackson breaking down everything black and gold looks like Alvin Kamara was arrested. Who's going to be the next coach for your Saints? He's going to break everything down um, to let you know what's going on with everything black and gold. All right, so we just went over Brandon Ingram. Big part of the reason where the Pel- why the Pelicans are 10th right now in the Western Conference. But you've seen Jackson Hayes really start to arrive. But a guy that's been consistent all season long, Herb Jones. Uh, you guys don't need me to say it all the time, right? I do. I've been saying his jersey is a goodbye since December now. They've got him in the team store. Not that I'm encouraging you to go spend your money on that, but I don't think this dude's going anywhere. I would really, really be reluctant to include him in a trade. He looks that good to me. And he really showed it off against the Denver Nuggets. The game against Houston was quiet. Nine points. He was in some foul trouble early, but he did have three assists. That was good. Made a three with a quick trigger, which was great. 
It was really a game against the Denver Nuggets that was eye-opening. And it's incredible for this dude who's a rookie, second-round pick, right, to have started 41 games this season for being the 35th overall pick. Just, just wild. He won the game for the Pelicans against the Denver Nuggets. He finished with 25 points on the night, 8 of 10 shooting, 3 of 4 from 3, right? That's an incredible number. 6 of 6 from the line, 2 rebounds, 2 steals, 25 points, and more importantly, 18 points in the fourth quarter. Just a rookie, a second-round pick doing this. I could stop right here, and that's the segment, and you should be impressed, right? But he's doing it against Nikola Jokic. He was going at that guy. And Jokic's defense is significantly improved from where it was a couple of years ago. This is the reigning MVP. And he was going at that dude fearless. He Euro-stepped him. You've seen it. Takes a step to the left, brings the ball back over, and around Jokic for the score. For the, the dagger, basically. That's what iced the game. And he did that regularly. A threat in transition that was... So much fun to watch him just explode. Again, he's on the Rising Stars game, deservedly so. He plays amazing defense. You don't want to deal with that guy. But you've seen his offensive game improve steadily throughout the year. Sometimes he's quiet, but he's capable of stepping up when he needs to. He was looking to score against the Denver Nuggets, and his teammates realized this is the guy with the hot hand. This was the guy that was keyed in, fearless. They wanted to get him the ball. The selflessness of that team, of realizing we've got to get the ball to Herb Jones, who's in the freaking zone right now, is great. He is shooting 37% on the season from three. Those are good numbers. Again, not a ton per game, but he's steadily improved from that. That is a quality number for a guy that was coming in, and the knock on him was he had no jumper whatsoever. And you're starting to see it really, really develop for him. He's just flat out good. Like, I, I don't really know what else to say. But to see that growth in his shooting, in his three-point percentage, is important, right? He's not one-dimensional at all. He's steadily improving, and he's going to keep improving. And I think that's really one of the biggest things that you see with him is that he wants to work, he wants to grow, and he's... You know, you look at him, you're like, oh, 22, 23, scares you off a little bit. No, he is still really good and has so such a high ceiling. And when you see what he does offensively, the fearlessness to score, to go at a big and be willing and finding ways to get around him and, and get a bucket, there is more untapped potential with his offensive game than we probably even realize and have been talking about this year. And that game against the Denver Nuggets, against the reigning MVP, was not just eye-opening for us as Pelicans fans to look at him in a little bit of a new light. And we are already really high on him, but probably people around the league. That was the type of performance that puts you on the map in the NBA, kind of his like arrival. And it really feels like that really could have been it. But to see the steady improvement of his game from not wanting to shoot, just being a defensive stopper to now not being a negative on offense even remotely. Sign me up for what Herb Jones is going to be able to do in future seasons. As we hit the trade deadline, unless you're giving me Damian Lillard, I don't know if I'm putting Herb Jones in anything. Is Herb Jones, I'll ask you this, the YouTube comment for today. Is Herb Jones untouchable in your eyes? Like you, you include him in a trade for LeBron James. You include him in a trade for James Harden. But would you include him in a trade for Ben Simmons? Uh, probably not. Damian Lillard? 
Like, what's what would what, what's the type of player you would need to be getting back to include Herb Jones in a trade? So there you go. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. Don't forget, we're going to get back into trade talk a little bit more tomorrow. We had two deals over the weekend. I want to talk about how those impact this team. Now, for your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow.